So, Olga, it's really good to see you up here. I need a hug. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many years ago, it was, years ago it was that you walked into... Two years. Well, even before that, when you just walked into the office and... Uh, probably three years ago. If we talk, I moved in 2015 because I started to come reports in uh, 2015. But I wasn't close to the, you know, yeah. and uh, two years ago I volunteered to be baptized. Yeah. And I, since then, I, I think everything was so amazingly grown up that it was a miracle. It was just a miracle. And again, I thank you very okay. much for support. I, uh, it's become my community, my home, and my family. Yeah. So awesome. Good to see you. Um, yeah. One of the things I, I spent some time thinking about this week is just how God works in adversity. And, and Olga walked into our office um, with, I mean, just yeah, no one. Um, you know, she has no family here and uh, no support. And, and the church, and Carol, where are you? Okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember those first conversations. I'm like, hey, <laughs> there's this lady. <laughs> and, and would you connect with her? And, and God has done something really beautiful there. So that's it's definitely just a beautiful story. So uh, celebrate that. We've got to celebrate these wins of how God has, has supplied and, and come through and, and rescued and, and done beautiful, beautiful things. So, yeah. So uh, good morning to everyone. Welcome to Crossroads. It's really good to have you here this morning. Um, I want to ask you a question. Uh, any of you guys use the faucet this morning? The faucet. Okay, so so we're, the f- the f- no. Okay, did any of you guys open? For me, it's a tap. Okay, I grew up saying the tap. Okay, did any of you guys like turn the thing or swing the thing and and water came? Okay, let's ask it this way: Who did not use water this morning? Everyone washed their hands, everyone brushed their teeth, no kids, everyone flushed their... Oh, you didn't use water this morning? Oh, there's one behind you there. Uh-oh. All right. Cool. So, so exactly, Deb, we use water all the time. I mean, we, we wash dishes, we, we brush our teeth, we, you know, arrange our hair, we shower... Uh, we flush our toilet, some of us, yeah, um, arrange our hair, <laughs> I don't have that much, but um, we, we use a lot of water, actually, um, I, so in September, we were visiting my sister in Cape Town, and if any of you guys have been following Cape Town's news, they don't have much water, okay, they've got like a couple million people and not a lot of water, and so one of the things there is water rationing, and so when we got there, we were allowed, like, almost two gallons of water per person per day. So think about that a little bit, two gallons. Um, That's all you're allowed to use per person per day. That's your dishwasher, your washing machine, your flushing your restrooms, drinking, cooking, uh, washing your car, if you want to, you know, not drink your gallon and and use it on the car. Um, Two gallons, uh, less than two gallons. And, and it, it, was, it was really good because, um, yeah, I live in a house with four women. That shower, like, I, I, I want to have, like, an automatic switch that after so many minutes, it just goes off. 
But, but you know, and, and sometimes I find myself, I'm like, oh, oh, I've been in here for a while. Like, we're just so used to using water all the time. Um, but have you ever thought, what if water was scarce here? How would that change your life? How would that, how would that be different if water was scarce and, and it was a commodity that was, was hard to come by? Let's just think about it for a while. Um, when we, so we spent nine, ten years in, in Mozambique, and one of the things, one of the issues there was water. Um, now, they had a lot of rain, but where do you get good drinking water from? And we lived in a city of like a couple hundred thousand people, and there was no reliable water system, okay? You couldn't open a, how do you say it? A faucet? Faucet. Um, you, you couldn't open a faucet, and, um, and water, clean water would just come out. You couldn't, th there wasn't a, a reliable or trustworthy source of water. And so one of the things we had to do is, is dig wells. And, and, you know, being who I am, I, I kind of enjoy that. And so um, got to know a few guys who are well diggers. Randy, can you, first picture is, this is how you start a well, okay? They would put a, 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 the rim of a bicycle um, on the ground, and just start digging this circular hole and just start, I mean, basically there's one way to go and that's down, okay? You can go to the next picture. And um, so pretty soon you've got this hole in the ground that um, you hope there's gonna be water down there, okay? And one of the things um, we started doing is making these concrete sleeves that, and you can see them in the, in the top two corners there, that we'd actually drop down into the hole, not drop because they kind of sensitive, we'd lower them down, you can do another picture there, um, we'd lower them down into this hole, and if, if, you were, if you dug in the right place, and if you dug deep enough, there would be water in the bottom of the hole, okay? Let's go to the next one. And so, um, we're, this is, we're lowering stuff down, so there's actually a guy down in that hole, okay? And, and the, the rope is tied to that bar over there, and these guys are, are all um, kind of giving him advice of what he should do, and so... You'd, you'd go down that hole, and that hole could get, um, I don't think I ever went more than about 40 feet down in this little hole, and you kind of look up, and, and you're like, man, if this thing caves in, I'm toast. <laughs> like, 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 don't worry burying me, I, you know, I'm buried. Um, but, so, these guys would go down and, and dig these wells, and, and you can see the little pipe there on, on the top left. Um, we'd lower them in, and, and you'd have a good water source. You can go to the last picture. Um, so the guy uh, looking at the camera there um, with the dirty clothes, he was the guy who would go down the well, okay? He was short, and um, he, he, we actually became pretty good friends. And uh, he was a religious leader in the area, and he dug wells as, as kind of his job. That's what he did. And we'd put those, those, we're just about to lower a section. We'd have to cast that section and lower it down into the well, um, and we'd cast those sections of concrete pipe to protect the well because the, as the water came in from the soil around it, it would kind of wash in. And, and if you didn't have something down there, what would happen is that well would kind of just fill up with mud and, and there'd be nothing there. And once, once the well was dug and, and we kind of had these concrete sleeves down there, we would we'd kind of clean it up and we'd put a, a slab of concrete across the top to stop stuff getting in. Okay, because, you know, goats walking around at night and a goat walks into your well. And if you don't know that there's a dead goat in your well, um, you know, it's going to start tasting a little bit funny after a while. And so, so you had to protect the well from the inside as well as from things running into it. And so um, 
the, the guy and looking at us. Um, we, uh, and, and so we used to pay these guys. Um, I'd, I'd pay him like the, almost the equivalent of a dollar a, for three feet. So every three feet, he'd get a dollar, okay? And um, when we dug the well at, our, at the house that we lived in, we got down uh, to about 30, 35 feet, and we hit this stuff. It looked like shattered windscreen, okay? It was clear and all broken up, but out of it, this water was just gushing out. And this guy got excited. He's like, oh, we got water, we got water. And, and it was really, I mean, there was some force behind it. It was really cool. And I said to him, okay, if you dig another few feet, I'll double whatever you dig into that now, because it was hard to dig. I mean, he's down there in this little hole, digging with a little shovel and a little, little like, hoe type thing. And um, he's like, cool. And he, he dug away. And, and we had phenomenal water, because our water just bubbled up from the bottom through this, this clear broken rock, and, um, and we, could, we could run a pump in that thing for hours, and it would just be water, 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 water. It was great. We had an abundant supply of clean, great water, and it changed our lives. It changed our lives. Our kids didn't get sick. We could um, grow vegetables. We could, you know, pump this water out of there, and, and we even had a lawn, which was awesome. We had this green lawn all year round. And we had friends who, their wells in the dry season, because we'd go for like five, six, seven months with no rain. And so the wells, the, the water table would drop. And if you didn't have a good supply of water, you'd run out of water. And so we had friends who, who didn't have water for like three, the last few months of the dry season. And they would come to our house with containers and, and have to drive. And, and some of these guys had to drive long distances. And so water is super important. And... Um, we're going to use these wells, and we'll, we'll leave this picture up there. Um, so look at that guy. You can pray for him as well. He's actually, yeah, the guy looking at the camera. Uh, Abdu is his name, uh, leader in a, in, a, in a mosque there. But um, really, really cool guy, and he was a great well digger. And so we dug some wells together. Because afterwards, we were like, hey, we want a well in our village. And we made these concrete molds, and he would dig the wells. We'd put the molds down. So, But... This, this well becomes a source of life, not, not just to ourselves, but to our God. And, 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 and think, of, think of Solomon writing, because we're in, we're in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, and he's going to say that he's going to be talking about the wellspring of life. So think about a wellspring of life, and think about what do we know about Israel? Lots of water? Anyone been there? We should go. We should take a, we should take a trip. Okay? But it's dry. If, if you've spoken to anyone or look at maps or look at pictures, it is dry, dusty, and arid. And, and so wells, when Solomon would have spoken about a wellspring of life, he'd have been talking about, and he'd be talking to people who had a scarcity of water. They, they couldn't just open the faucet and clean water would rush out. They had to walk to wells. They had to know whose well it was. And, and they'd have to draw this water up this well. And, and some of their wells would have been really deep. But he's talking about the wellspring of life. And, and think of these wells and just the life that would then kind of radiate out from this well. Because now all of a sudden, you're in this dry area and you've got a source of water, a solid, steady source of water. You can have people living close to the well because, hey, now we can brush our teeth and cook our water and or cook our food and drink our water. And, and maybe we could even 
provide water for our animals. And so now you can have goats and camels and sheep. And, and just think of all the stories that we read, all the events in the Bible that, that deal with water. And we can kind of, I don't know if you get this picture of, of this well and life just kind of moving away, radiating out from it. And, and if you've got extra water, you can maybe plant some, some vegetables and grow some, some greens. But um, a well is, is a, a life spring. Is, is, it's a source of life um, physically. And what Solomon's going to do is he's going to compare that image of a well to our hearts. Okay, so in Proverbs chapter 4, he's going to say the heart, we need to guard our hearts because our hearts are the wellspring of life. And so he, when, he, when he says that, we struggle to understand that because we don't think about people who struggle to get water, who don't have water. We're thinking, oh, water's not that important. I mean, we've got, you know, Grimes does a great job of, it's expensive, but hey, we always have good water and, you know, we can soften it and, and we, we kind of spoiled it in that way. But um, think of the people that Solomon is writing to, his sons, and he's saying, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. And all the images that would have flooded into their minds of like that oasis in the desert, um, this well that, that then life radiates from this well because this well gives life, it sustains life. And so he says that our hearts, our hearts are the wellspring of life. And so these guys didn't have x-ray machines and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't, you know, I mean, they, they understood medicine pretty well. And, but think of the heart as a physical source of life. I mean, what happens if my heart stops beating? What happens? Okay, blood doesn't flow. And then ultimately, if, if you guys don't do something about it, <laughs> I'm going to die. And think about... The, the heart then has, has these vessels that, that carry blood to every part of the body. Think about if there's a clot or a blockage and, and your hand didn't get blood. So what happens first? Yeah, pins and needles, it starts tingling, and after a while, what'll happen? You'll lose feeling and it'll turn, it'll go white and cold. And if you don't do anything about it, after a while, it'll rot and fall off. I mean, yeah. Kind of. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it will. I mean, if we don't have blood, it, it's, it's a life source to our whole body, okay? And he's saying our heart is like this well. It is a life source to our body. Now, the, the, the Hebrew culture also understood the heart as the, the seat of, of life and of, of emotions and of, of who we are, Okay. You know, we'd say, oh, that all happens in our head. But for them, when they spoke about the heart, they were talking about the, the seed of, of life. Everything was there. Our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, um, who we were, our identity was all caught up in the heart. And, it, and, and the heart was kind of the, the center of the body. It was the, the, where, where everything started, okay? And so, yeah, they, it was the source and, and it was the seat. It was the home to the soul, they thought of the heart as the home to the soul. And so Solomon says, guard your heart. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring, the source, the center of your life. So let's read um, Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to be reading from verse 20 through verse 27. Okay. Before we read, I just want to pray that God would really open up um, this passage to us. 
So Jesus, um, thank you for your word. I thank you that we have your word and we can read it and enjoy it. Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts and our minds uh, to your word. That we would really understand your word and that your word would speak to all of who we are. Speak to our hearts. Jesus, would would your word uh, nourish us and, and feed us and and quench our thirst this morning, Lord. Yeah, thank you for your word. Amen. All right, so Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or some versions will say it is the wellspring of life. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So Solomon says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because everything, all of who you are, everything you do flows from your heart. Your heart is that that, that well that feeds the whole village. The whole village is dependent on the source of water. And that's your heart. Your whole body is dependent on your heart for life. And, and he, he's talking both in a, in a spiritual and a physical sense. But we're going to focus on that, on that. And I think he focuses on the spiritual sense. Your soul, your heart, just it's all there. <coughs> um, Jesus says the same thing. He says in Luke chapter um, 6, verse 45, he says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Okay? The good stuff comes from your heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. And then he says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so he's kind of saying, like, the mouth is the door of the heart. And, and whatever's in the heart, whatever your heart is full of, it's just going to flow. It's going to spill out of your mouth. And it's going to spill out of who you are. And so he's saying the heart is central. The heart is, is where it's all at. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The heart is the source. Now, um, as, as believers, we need to just clarify something really, really clearly. <laughs> okay? We need to get something. Because sometimes um, we have this, this kind of confusion about our hearts. Okay? Um, what is the, and so I want to ask you some questions and, and, and just track with me here. What is the natural state of the human heart? Okay. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all else. Okay. So if we think of the heart as a well, what kind of well is it? It's what? It has a, it's a well with a goat in it. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it is foul. 
and, and it poisons everything around it. I mean, think of a well. Yeah, it's nasty. Um, you go and, 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 and you want to drink this water and you're thirsty. I mean, think of this well that's, that's out in, in, you know, you're on a journey and you, and you discover this well and you go to it and you, you, you draw up this water and it stinks. But you're thirsty. Okay. Full of bad water, spreading disease and spreading sickness. Um, dangerous to all who come near it. Okay. So that's the natural state. That's, that's how we're born. Okay. What about the believer? What about the believer in Jesus Christ? What is our state? What's the state of our heart as believers in Jesus Christ? Do you as a believer have a good heart? I'm going to ask that again. <laughs> Do you as a believer have a good heart? Okay. Folks, we need to be clear on this one, okay? We need to be super clear on this one, okay? You're right, Bob. Yes, you as a believer have a good heart, okay? Because something changed between Jeremiah 19 of that the heart is deceitful and wicked. That is the way we're born, okay? Look at any baby. I mean, they're evil. No, they're not. <laughs> they're cute. <laughs> but but wait, till, wait till they're a little bit older, okay? And they just start doing this stuff. And you're like, who taught you to do this? I mean, they slap each other, and they take food, and they cry at night. And they, they, they do all this stuff. <laughs> no, I'm... No, but, okay, original sin, folks, we want to be clear on this. No one is born sinless, okay? We start off, we start off life um, with our hearts pretty messed up, with our hearts pretty, pretty dark, okay? And for some kids, it takes a while, and, and maybe it takes a while to express that. But it's very important, and this is key to our lives, that when we become believers, something radically changes, Okay? And this is not that God comes in and kind of scrubs our heart and cleans it up, um, because you can do that to wells, okay? You can go in there, you can get the goat out, and, and we did it to one well, and you go down there, and it was nasty, and we found like dead snakes and all this kind of stuff in it, and it's like, no, you got you to clean it out. That's not what happens when we become believers, okay? We don't just get like, you know, our heart bleached, okay? We get a new heart. We get a whole brand new new heart. And that's why this image of being born again is so key, okay? It's not that, all right, we're just going to clean the heart and, and you know, you, you, you kind of change and you become a better person. No, you're dead because you have a heart of stone, okay? Ezekiel uh, chapter 11 verse 19, it says, this is God speaking, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I'll remove from them the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people, and I'll be their God. Look at that imagery. If you had a heart that was a stone, would you be dead or alive? Yeah. I mean, you'd, be, you'd be dead, dead. <laughs> okay? I mean, 
yeah, well, even just physically, like if you had a, if you had a rock sitting here, you'd be dead. You'd be dead. But folks, when we are born again, God takes that heart of stone out and He gives us a heart of flesh. He gives us a heart that's alive. He, he, he doesn't just clean up our old hearts. We have new hearts. We have new lives. And, and so Jesus says this in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. He says, He talks about sowing the seed, and the seed is the gospel that goes out, and, and some of the seed falls in one spot, and, and it doesn't, it isn't, you know, rocky and weeds and all that kind of stuff. But He says, What about the seed that, that falls? on good soil. What happens to that? And he says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And so Jesus says, believers, you have a noble and good heart. And sometimes we're not always sure about that. And maybe you're sitting there going like, yeah, maybe we should get rid of this guy. Isn't this a heresy? But folks, think about it. Do you believe that you, as a believer, and I, and I want to make that distinction. If you're a non-believer, you've got a goat in your well, okay? You have a nasty heart. <laughs> and no amount of, of cleaning it and washing it is going to do anything. It's a heart of stone. But as a believer, we have a new heart. We have been born again. And, and Jesus has given us, it's Jesus' work, not us, okay? He has given us a new heart. We've been born again. We are raised from death to life. Do we live that truth that we have a new heart? Because if we do, so where does Jesus, where does Jesus live? In our hearts. In our hearts. Where does the Spirit live? In our hearts. Yeah, Galatians 4, 6. God sent the Spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ, into our hearts. Jesus is not going to live in a nasty, dirty heart. And so what does He do? He takes out the old heart of stone and gives us a new heart. And then He lives there. 2 Corinthians 1, 22. It says, He said, this is Paul speaking about God, God set His seal of ownership on us and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, folks, this is central to our faith. This is central to our faith that we have a different heart. We have a different heart when we become believers. It's not just we have to do all this stuff and, and maybe one day it'll all work out and we'll get to heaven. No. We have been born again. We have a new heart, and that new heart is a good and noble heart. That's what Jesus says. Okay? Now, I can't tell if you have a good and noble heart, but Jesus can, because He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what you and Him have, have spoken about and, and what, what's happened there, okay? So it's central to our faith. As believers, we have good hearts. It didn't start that way, okay? But it's Jesus who gives us a new heart. And so Solomon says, guard your heart, guard your good heart as believers, because it's the wellspring of life, okay? It's the wellspring of life. It's the source of all we do. And so, so I want to ask, ask two questions, and hopefully we can answer them, is why do we have to guard our heart? And how do we guard our heart? Okay? Just like these wells, why do we have to guard our heart? 
Because they are external influences. Okay, so now you have this good heart. Okay, you used to have an icky, dirty heart, dead goat in the well. Now you have a, a new well, a whole new well, a wellspring of life. Um, Jesus, the, the water of life, bubbling up, flowing, up, just coming out, a spring. Not a well, a spring, okay? You have the spring just bubbling up God's love and who God is in your heart. Why do we have to guard it? Because wells and springs, wells and springs can become polluted by outside influences, okay? Outside influence. Folks, we have an enemy, okay? We have an enemy that would love to pollute your heart. He'd love to poison your good heart. I don't know if you've seen those Western movies, and I, I can't remember which one it was, but, you know, there's like, the, the, they're trying to get towns away and stuff like that, and they go in and they poison the well, they poison the water, and so, you know, people come, and it's a bit dry, and it's probably down south of here, and they, you know, I need to drink this water, and that water poisons them, and everyone dies from that poisoned water. I think the same can happen from our hearts, um, that, that we allow these influences to come in and, and, and poison our hearts, and, and the result is destruction, the result is death. So yeah, think about your own heart, knowing as a believer you have a good heart and your heart gets poisoned. What would the influence be to those around you? If you had a good heart and now your heart gets poisoned, how would it affect those around you? I don't know if you've, you've heard of or maybe seen people who, as believers, they just seems like they've just been taken out. The enemy has just taken them out. Man, it hurts. I, I, I struggle with that. I, I look at folks who I'm, I'm like, man, they're solid, good, believe, good, you know, just intimate with God. And they get taken out by the enemy. And I'm like, man, this feels like poison just going around. And so this image of a well is very, very clear there. So, so guard your heart because there are influences in the world. And we're going to unpack what they are here. Solomon unpacks them for us. There are influences and sources of poison that come into our hearts, and we need to guard our hearts, okay? So how do we guard them? Solomon's going to um, list these influences of, of how we, what we need to be guarding against, okay? So the first thing he says is in verse 20, he starts off and he says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. And so I want to ask you the question, what are you listening to? What are you allowing your heart to listen to? What are you hearing? As simple as, what kind of music do you listen to? And what influence does that have on your heart? I don't know if, if you guys, have, you kind of have to learn how to figure out what's going on in your heart. It doesn't just, you don't just get born with that like, oh, you've got to really practice. But have you ever been like, you just know something's not right, okay? Something, something's not, it's just, oh. Your heart's all in turmoil. You've got to ask yourself, what's the influence? What are you listening to? What are you hearing? Maybe it's um, the news. I don't know how many of you, you know, wake up and you have a great time with God and, and it's good and walk downstairs and turn on the TV and, man, your day is just shot. And your, your heart just goes, mm. 
Really? So what are we listening to? Do we listen to experts? Do we listen to our culture? We listen to our politicians? Maybe some talk show hosts that we really like to listen to? And what is their effect on our heart? What is their effect on this wellspring, on this, this spring, this well? How, how are the things that we're listening to affecting our well? Are we allowing things from outside to be thrown into our well? And other people are just sitting there throwing in poison or, or throwing in you know, dead animals or whatever. Or do we hear and listen to God's Word? I mean, just think of the difference of, of how different you'd be if you, if you saturated and permeated and filled your life with God's Word and listened and heard His Word. If that's what you went to rather than culture or the, the person, the, the book you're reading or the, the, the person you listen to, who are we listening to? Whose words do we allow to affect us? Is it God's Word or the words of the world? So it's possible that our wells get poisoned by the words of others, the, the words we listen to, okay? Solomon goes on and he's going to say, the second thing that can affect our, our wells, our hearts, is our speech, okay? He says, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And so we can poison our hearts with the stuff we say. Okay? We can poison our hearts with the stuff that we say to other people. The stuff, you know, the whole sticks and stones. We, we can actually break people down with our words. We can break other people down with our words. And I think we're all aware of that. But I want to ask you this morning, do you have self-talk? Do you guys do this? Do you talk about yourself? Do you say stuff about yourself? I'm not the only one, correct? Okay. I mean, and, and what do we say about ourselves? What do we say to ourselves? Is it always positive? I mean, sometimes we say some pretty hard things to ourselves. And so, so Solomon is saying here, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And I, wanna, I really want to kind of push it on you guys and challenge you guys this morning. Be careful about what you say about yourself. We can say some really untruthful things about ourselves. And so when we're tempted to say this, we've got to, we've got to check with God. We've got to say, okay, God, what do you say about me? What are God's words about you? What does God say about you? And what am I saying about myself? Because it's pretty easy to go like, oh, I'm stupid. I'm such a loser. You know, I, I, I can never get it right. I'm I'm not as good as this person, or, or yeah, it's so easy to just let that stuff, kind of making, making agreements and saying, this is who I am. It's like, no, 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 no. That is a lie. Go to the truth. Go to the cross. Go to God and ask God, what do you say about me? <coughs> Don't be poisoning your own well. Think about it in that way. Don't be poisoning your own well. Third thing, verse 25, what are we looking at, okay? 
What are we looking at? It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. How many of us, um, you know, when we're looking at the cross, we're spending so much time looking at who's around us and what's going on around us. What are the things that we look at? What are the things that we, we fix our eyes on? Um, you know, I have to guard my heart. I can fix my eyes on, on vehicles. I like, I like vehicles. I mean, they're great. And, and I can fix my heart on some of that stuff. And then my gaze, my, my, my vision is not on the cross, but it's on stuff. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, you, you walk outside and sit on your deck and look at your neighbor's house and kind of fix your eyes on their house. Man, life would be so much better if I had a house like that, you know, where everything worked. <laughs> and, and the lawn looked good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about TV screens? How much time do we just sit and gaze? Um, how about our electronic devices? How much time do you, I mean, like, and don't push it off on your kids, okay? Because you can go like, yeah, my kids are always on their devices. And the other night I was like, oh, the kids should really get off, oh, I should get off my phone first. <laughs> um, I want to make it personal. How much time, what are you gazing at? What are you looking at? How much time are you spending looking at stuff on TV or, or YouTube or whatever, you know? Stupid cat movies, you know? I always come back to that. I, like, my daughter showed me one the other day of like a cat. I'm like, seriously? Um, what are we wasting our time just gazing on, looking on, desiring? Um, I wanted to say, guys, what are you looking at? But it's just not a guy thing. How many of us are looking at something that is not ours? that does not belong to us, that we shouldn't be looking at. That's women and men. Guard your heart. Guard your heart because our, our eyes are, 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 they're a portal, they're an entry into our hearts. What are we looking at? Lastly, how do we guard our hearts? What are we thinking about? Verse 26 and 27, it says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. How's your thinking? How do you think about life and yourself and this world and, and God and the people around you? Is your, is your thinking filled with godly thoughts? Or, or are we just, man, sometimes our thoughts can just... Fall off the edge pretty quick here. Do we have the mind of Christ? Are we thinking godly thoughts? Are we filling our, our thoughts and our minds with God's truth? Folks, it's easy to, to let our thoughts just fall into the sewer and start thinking and, and, and worrying and becoming anxious. And our thoughts kind of drive that. We can, we can kind of get into the cycle of, you know, this comet's going to hit us and the world's going to end and, and, you know, we're all toast and, and, and yet our thoughts can go there. What are we thinking about? So how do we guard our hearts? Our eyes, our mouths, what we see, what we speak, what we think, what we listen to. 
It's super practical. Solomon's pretty practical. Guard your hearts. And so I want to say, guard your hearts, folks. Guard your hearts because it is the wellspring. It is the source of life. I want you to guard your heart. (coughs) Guard your heart for your own sake because your well is important. But here's the cool thing. Just as wells are, are a blessing to many other people, when you guard your heart, your well can be a blessing to other people. Now, Jason's going to contradict me in two weeks' time here when, uh, when you go to chapter 5, okay? Different image, okay? Go and read chapter 5 and, and different image there, okay? But um, think about it. Your well can be a blessing. Your, the, the, the well that, comes, that bubbles up out of you, this living water that bubbles up out of you can be a blessing to so many other people. In the same way as that we said, guard your heart, you can be a blessing to other people. Your words that you speak, the things that other people hear from you, what are other people hearing from you? Is that a blessing? Is it truth? Are you encouraging others with your words, how you speak? How about your eyes? If, if, if we have our eyes fixed firmly on the cross and we have a vision and, and we're able to lead other folks and say, this is where we're going. We are going to follow Christ here. We're going to do what's right. And we have this vision. Our eyes are fixed firmly ahead. We're not going to look to the left or the right. We're going to look straight ahead. Folks, we can be a blessing to others. A blessing to, to what other people are thinking as well. Our thoughts, as we share our thoughts with people and ask them, what are you thinking about? And, and this is what I've been thinking about and, and sharing with others. Our wells can be a blessing for others. So, so the whole purpose of wisdom, sometimes we can get so locked up in wisdom and say, I want wisdom for me, okay? I want wisdom so that I'm the wise guy. But think about Solomon's life. Solomon was able to share his wisdom. He was able to share his wisdom with nations around him. People would come to, to, to hear, have an audience with him to hear his wisdom because his wisdom was, was like this well that just overflowed. It was a well that he had guarded well, okay? He kept it clean and pure, and now it overflowed into other nations, into other people. I just want to ask you, how's your well? How's it going? Um, are you guarding your well? Are you keeping it clean? And is your well overflowing, okay? Don't just, don't just keep your water to yourself. I remember at one point I was like, man, what if we run out of water? You know, what if we run out of water? And, and, I, and I just remembered um, the look on that guy's face when we hit that rock, that, that crumbly rock that was clear. I'm like, we're not going to run out of water. This is God supplying this water. We, we, can, we can let this water overflow. And, and we had people who ran out of water and they'd, they had this faucet outside and they'd just come and fill up their jugs and, and take the water. That's a blessing. So I'd encourage you, cultivate wisdom to be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you uh, that you gave Solomon this, this cool picture of a well. Um, and Lord, yeah, we don't, we don't get our water from wells. Um, we do, but you know, it kind of comes to us through a pipeline. And Jesus, there's very seldom that we are thirsty. Very seldom that we are without water, that we hunger and thirst after nourishment and clean water. 
But Father, I pray that you would help us just understand this image that, that in a dry and thirsty land, and we look around us and, man, people are thirsty. People are without water. People are yearning to, to drink cool, clear water. People are desiring truth. People are desiring wisdom. And Jesus, you say that we are like a, a wellspring, like water that just comes up that is cool and clear and refreshing. Father, would we guard our hearts? Would we guard our wells? Would we guard the, the center, the core of who we are? Would we guard our hearts so that we would have clean, clear water flowing out of us for, for our own wisdom, but, but Jesus, also for others around us? Would we be a source of great wisdom, of just solid wisdom to those around us? Would people come to us and, and we would just say, you know, I don't know where I get this stuff from, but it's, well, I do know it's from Jesus. And would folks enjoy the, the living water that flows out from us, Jesus? So, Father, I pray that each one of us would guard our wells God, the wellspring of our lives. God, our hearts. That the things that we see and the things we say and the things that we, we hear and the things that we think, Jesus, that we would protect our wells from, from the enemy that want, would want us to, to become polluted, to poison us. Jesus, guard our hearts. Guard our hearts so that we may have a wellspring that overflows with wisdom, with life, with truth. Father, I pray that you'd, you'd guard our hearts here as Crossroads Community Church, that we as a church would be a, a church known for wisdom, known for love, known for overflowing into our community. That we'd be known as a generous and loving, wise church. So Jesus, guard our hearts, guard, guard the heart of our church. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. Amen.